Hello, and welcome to Our Hidden Stories. I'm your host, Sharice Johnson. If we're honest, most of us live life through a social media highlight reel, only sharing parts of who we are with those around us. Well, today is an opportunity to not only listen, but to get out of the game of hide and seek we often play with ourselves. So sit back, get comfortable, and let's dive into today's episode. Because remember, there are always layers of hidden stories waiting to be told. just thinking about it myself like before you came I was thinking how long have I known you and what was my first experience with you yeah and my first experience with you was not well with me oh I think I remember <laughs> <laughs> so we started strong let's we go started, ahead and we put just, this out no, there yeah but I was just I was just thinking about that and I was thinking about um Deception <laughs> and and just how yes and then how how friendships and relationships blossoms once the perception of who we think Correct. the other person is dissolves yeah, yeah. because if yeah. I'm remembering correctly and and yes we are kind of going around the situation because we're mm-hmm. trying to protect people mm-hmm. your perception was also skewed by how it was communicated Correct. To you. Correct. <laughs> which does happen sometimes. <laughs> I was just not here for it. I was just not here for it. Yeah. So, no. I yeah. mean, powerful point. Because mm-hmm. that's honestly the purpose of being able to do this is perception. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, understanding that what people think when they first meet, connect here, yeah. Yeah. is not always <laughs> accurate. But that is... Like I, I had a visual. Like I could see it, (laughs) the visual of me walking across the parking lot. Just for the, I guess for your listeners. Hey, lady. (laughs) That it was like I was, I was bought in as a, as an intervention kind of a Mm -hmm. therapist moment. Um, You were kind of a teen counselor for a group, and I had a teen at the time, and (laughs) I was kind of bought in. Kind of let's sit down and have a talk, yeah. and I was my whole person said, mm-hmm. Mm-mm, mm-hmm. "Not today yeah. or any other day do I want to sit down and yeah. be with this moment." Right. And so yeah. So that was my very <laughs> true. But by the time that moment was over, yes. even though we started mm-hmm. on the top of the mountain, yes, I was like, yes. "Oh, I like her." Yes, I was like, "I can do this." You know, I can do real because that was mm-hmm. a shift, like. North right. and South, I'm being a little stereotypical, mm-hmm. you know, are mm-hmm. very, very different in terms very of very different directness, what you can mm-hmm. say, what you can't say. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the most apparent things to yeah. me being in the South was, I'll just put it out there, how fake I felt 
everybody yes. was. Yes. So it was like, oh my gosh, there are real people here and she is <laughs> one of them. Yeah. I can do hard all day <laughs> as long as it's real. I, I mean, seriously. Yeah. That is so mm-hmm. funny. So that would have been 2006. Oh, gosh. Good gracious. Yep. Yeah, because that was mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. when we started. Yeah. yeah. And so at the time I had a, she was maybe 15, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So we won't so date ourselves any yeah. further. <laughs> won't date ourselves. Mm. So part of why I'm excited to have you here, we've been talking, we've always been talking. Always. But recently, and I exhale just even saying it, about the concept of finding rest. Yes. And I will say, for you right now in this season of life, what is it even like to attempt to find rest? Because we're not going to assume that, you have, that I have found it. That you have found it, that it has found you, that y'all are friends. I'm still embarking on a journey yeah. to, to seek it out. Um, I'm not quite sure, to be honest. I know that I want it. Yeah. I want rest. Um, and so and I've, I think that the need or the desire to want rest is because of how many directions I've been pulled in mm-hmm. for a very long time, like super long. Um, so I've been a mom since I was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. That comes with its own dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. Like you just take a moment. Sometimes I take a moment and pause and go like, legit, somebody called me mama. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when right. I was like in the ninth grade. Right. Like, what the world? Right. Um, and so then I've just kind of been full speed ahead since then mm-hmm. because I'm like you're saying you're from up north. I'm from South Carolina. Yeah. Like not sure. Like I'm from <laughs> rural South Carolina, little town, two little towns actually, mm-hmm. one called Waterloo and one called Great Court. That is so funny. Never mm-hmm. heard of either. Never heard of okay. either. This is how I explain to people all the time when they say, like, where are you from? And I say Great Court. And they go like, Oh, okay. And then I say, Well, have you heard of Greenville? And they're like, Yeah. Spartanburg area. And they're mm-hmm. like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not so much, but around there, okay. like maybe yeah, yeah, okay. 30 so more minutes and you're in Greenville. Um, same with Waterloo. Like I'll say the same to people like, have you heard of Greenwood, South Carolina, Highway 221? And most people are, yeah, sure. And of course now, mm-hmm. Anderson, South Carolina right. is on the map right. because of um, school and for Chadwick. And Chadwick. Yes. Um, so again, Highway 221, take you right through Waterloo, get you to Greenwood and... Mm-hmm. All of those places, um, but very rural. So, like our trips, like I would go with my grandma to the grocery store on on Fridays, and those trips to the grocery store would be like twenty minutes to town. Wow, like uh, twenty minutes to town, like a trip, <laughs> like a legit, uh, like a legit trip. trip. Um, so I just knew at fourteen, um, that I wanted better than this. Mm-hmm. Not saying that that's bad. I don't want to give that perception sure. because I, I totally love growing up in the South and certain right. things I just will not eat mm-hmm. from the grocery store. Like I'm finicky <laughs> about eating tomatoes. <laughs> I just yeah. I I don't I can't um, 
certain vegetables and mm-hmm. because I know what it's like to get them to walk outside and get it fresh from the garden and come back in and cook right. preserves and yeah. I have some fig preserves upstairs That's right now that I just mm, which is really good. <laughs> that was sent uh, by my sister when she because she was just home but and there's nothing wrong with wanting more right right yeah yeah but I think in that perception um comes with the sense of guilt that I want more, mm-hmm. especially for us. And when I say us, I do mean women of color. Yeah. Like, how dare you not be satisfied with what you have, mm-hmm. that you would want to do more than this. Like, this is not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of what I was going to say, too, mm-hmm. is how often we share what we want and then we give a modifier to make sure that people know. But I'm not, you know, being right. And <laughs> is it okay? You know, like... Always looking always for, looking for like, a buffer like, or, yes. or, yeah, a Let censorship. Yeah. That statement. My needs. Correct. So then that just kind of spiraled into, didn't spiral, it felt like a spiraling effect to yeah. me though. Yeah. <laughs> um, graduating high school. Um, so when I graduated high school in 93, my daughter was three years old. And so I made a choice to go off to school. I don't think anybody in my family at the time was supportive of me going to college. Mm. And I don't think very very I few people realized that. Like, yeah. And I actually did it on a whim. It was I was friends with two girls at the time. Mm-hmm. One um, has since passed away and one that I still communicate with. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about going to college and... Um, doing other things and that thought had never occurred to me wow. that I could have, have higher that. learning. Yeah. <laughs> so I decided I'm going to apply where they're applying to. Mm-hmm. I had no idea about SATs, scholarships, mm-hmm. financial aid, mm-hmm. like, like I'm nothing. Just I'm just going to go, I'm just going to get the money because I started working mm-hmm. um, at 15 because you can do that in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> So I was working at Bilo, um, a local grocery store there, uh, while I was in high school to support the just the basic needs mm-hmm. for my daughter. And my mom was very realist in that way. Like, of course, I had a place to stay, and but she was just wanted me to take upon the responsibility that somebody looks to me mm-hmm. to be responsible. And so now I got to do X, yeah. Y, and Z. What, if you remember, what made you... I guess kind of weigh those together. What made you say, yes, I know I'm a mom and I know I need to be mm-hmm. responsible, but here's an opportunity. Because that's that's a huge conflict on Isn't it? so many levels. <laughs> on you know, mom guilt so is many. It's constant. still is heavy on me. Wow. Um, because I thought, and again, rural South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So kind of, and also there's a cultural dynamic with that. I didn't see a lot of black people in places of professionalism right. in rural South Carolina. Right. I just see a lot of white people in charge, white men in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom was very specific to getting a good job and um, don't let anybody tell you what you can't do, especially white people. Don't let people make you feel dumb. Don't let me, right. people make you feel stupid. Um, because all of those were a thing right. for rural South Carolina. All of those, let's be honest, are, are still things right now. Right now, um, and so I just kept thinking again because I had that job at fifteen. Again, that job carried me through. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that. I did some other little sidebar jobs because my mom had her cosmetology license, mm-hmm. as in addition to working <laughs> full time herself. 
Always. So um, I just thought, well, if I can get a better education, I may be able to get a better job. I might not be limited to just being a cashier or a secretary. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I could be a teacher. Maybe mm-hmm. I could be a counselor. Maybe I could do other things. Like I started to just broaden, but that meant I had to go off to school. So when I presented the idea of going to school to my mom, um, again, I had a three-year-old. So then that became the topic of discussion. Like, if I go to school, how far would I go? And then what would that mean for my daughter? Who would be responsible for her in my absence? So the two friends applied to Johnson C. Smith University, which is here in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. It's an HBCU. And my mom allowed it because she has a sister that lives here. Okay. And so I was allowed to come here because I have an aunt that lives here in Charlotte that could look out for me. Wow. Um, but I came to school and I did everything like fast paced. Like I remember mm-hmm. I did the application mm-hmm. um, and then they kind of sent the letter back and said, we need your SAT scores. And I was like, SATs? What is that? Hmm. Yeah. The last opportunity to take the SATs was when I took it. Wow. In the spring. And then, oh, goodness. (laughs) And then you know you have to get the right Mm -hmm. In the spring of when we're going to graduate. Yeah. 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 So we graduated like May. I think it was offered in April. Yeah. And I took it and wrote an essay and... But I want to jump in and say, (laughs) I mean, you talk about it so nonchalantly and... Let's see, we both have kids in college in mm-hmm. multiple levels. Getting in college is like a second job. You know what I mean? I know it's more now right. than it was then, but it yes. wasn't easy then. It so wasn't easy. I want to like pull into context. Mm-hmm. You're, you had a child of 14. You're doing all of this by yourself, figuring right. out step to step. There, there was no, oh, it's going to college visit. And buy your t-shirt. Right. And do you like this place? And let's look it up. And right. Send your things and do you want me to help mm-hmm. you? That's part of the exhaustion. That's part of the exhaustion. Everything you want to do yeah. is a grind. Everything. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even think my children realize it. Just because of what they've experienced. Yeah. Even when I say it, I don't think the gravity of it settles. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't even think you realize. Like, I think yeah. you know it, but that's part of why I said it. It's like, you're like, and then I just, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You realize how old you were. Right. And Making those huge decisions. Like and being solo. Right. Yeah. And just, this is what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. and I'm going to see it and. And see it through. Yeah. And. <laughs> take a risk. And take a risk. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so I did that, and. I went home every, I scheduled my classes so that I wouldn't have late classes on Friday. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's the college life anyway. Like, right. nobody wants a late class no, on Fridays. Monday, leave. Wednesday, Fridays, you want to, like, your two classes yeah. and and leave. And I would leave straight out of my last class and head back to South Carolina wow. and stay the entire weekend with mm-hmm. my daughter. And then um, Switch gears. late Sunday night mm-hmm. or sometimes early Monday morning, I would get up. Mm-hmm. And come back to Charlotte. I don't think very... Until my... I would say... My sophomore year in college. Other than the two girls that um, I knew from high school. Mm -hmm. Very few people realized that I had a child. um, And I actually tried to sneak her in my room one time. Oh, that was so funny. 
<laughs> because I wanted her to stay with me. I didn't yeah. want her to, um, I didn't want to be without her. Well, I'm, I was yeah. literally just thinking, one, you wouldn't, you didn't really have, quote unquote, the college experience because you were immediately no. leaving and going back and then switching that hat. And then I thought, it's harder, in my opinion, to mm -hmm. be with your child and then leave them frequently. Frequently. You know, it's yes. especially at that age. At so that that's where age. you see me like looking off. I was like, oh my gosh, you had to leave your baby mm -hmm. over and over again mm -hmm. and like maybe reconvince yourself. Mm -hmm. that, that this that is the best. The best thing to this do. This is the best decision. I'm not going to quit. Yeah. Yeah. So, needless to say, college mm -hmm. was a turning point. I'm sure there were many. <laughs> but when you think back, is there mm -hmm. anything about that particular season that you feel like still plays such a big part in who you are now? Um, I will say um, there are actually two moments, and I actually talk about them sometimes with the girls, even when they got ready to make their choice for college. Mm -hmm. I was really rooting for my girls to go to HBCU. Oh, and for those of you who don't know, HBCU is Historically Black College and University. Correct. Um, I was really rooting for it. Like, every last one of them, I wanted them to go because I wanted them to have the experience. Mm -hmm. One moment of experience for me in school was, um, of course, I had uh, my oldest daughter. And then I met a guy. There's always a guy. <laughs> always a guy. <laughs> always a guy. Um, that I'm still married to, by the way. Yes. <laughs> so I met a guy, and we happened to have a child together. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, it was like my junior year, and I was in the director's office, like the head of the department at the time. Um, which was I wanted I was in school as an educator. Mm -hmm. um, Johnson C. Smith is known for education mm -hmm. and, and cranking out teachers. That's what it was founded for. Um, and so I just could not do the hours again. So when you do that, you have to commit to do like 20 something, 22 volunteer hours right. at a school. Well, I was a full time student and I worked full time mm -hmm. second shift. Um, my, so there was no free time. There was no free time to do these volunteer hours. And so I was just going to quit and go home. Wow. And so I remember standing in her office. And just crying. Baby in one arm. Holding on to another. And I just, I just said, I'm going to go home. And she said, what is home for you? And I told her where I was from. And she said, and what do you see at home for you? And I said, well, my children. And then she said, what kind of life do you see for your children at home? And she said, so sounds like you need a break. Hmm. And so, I'm going to give you two weeks to go home and get yourself together. 
And then you're going to come back. I'm going to have another set of classes for you. Education is no longer your major. You've taken enough classes that it can be your minor. But you're going to come into my department, and your major is now going to be sociology. Wow. And I said, okay. And I went home, regrouped, <laughs> and went back. And so I think that was kind of a, I know that had I been at any other university, any other educational experience, yeah. really, yeah. that would not have happened. No. At all. I honestly don't even know that you would have felt comfortable to have one baby on your hip holding the hand of the other and Correct. go and cry and be honest. Correct. Because wow. I used to take um, the child that I had in college at the time to classes with me. Um, and professors were like, I see it now, like trending on social media. Oh, look at the professor, so cool, holding the baby. I'm like, my professors were super cool, and I would put a blanket down, and yeah. we would just move on. Mm -hmm. But I think in those small pockets of community that that created we all knew it was a sacrifice and a struggle so it didn't seem like I didn't seem like the odd man out so I would say that was one kind of kind of my ability to kind of to that I knew mm -hmm. that a stronger black woman was rooting for me yeah you and know wasn't gonna let you quit and wasn't going to be satisfied with my mediocre behavior. Yeah, wasn't going to say, okay, sweetheart. Okay, coddling. Yeah. Okay, that's tough. Because it was tough. Yeah. Like, I, I'm no doubt that she knew that. <laughs> and then, though, the other part of the exhaustion that comes to my mind is how tough you were having to be. All the time. Woman. All the time. I mean, that is insane like she yes. gave you a break but at the same time she had to be tough on you had like to be had tough to push you and go okay and and here's the other dose of right. reality that i have to give you that i have to give to you right and that sucks that sucks Frequently. that sucks yes wow. right okay. <laughs> and so um to it because that was pivotal for me because my heart was set on being a teacher and so now I'm like a sociology major and I have no idea what I'm going to do with this major. Like I have no idea what that even means, what that, you know, mm -hmm. where can I go career wise yeah. after I'm done with this? with this? What do I do with this? So my senior year, of course, you're, you have to do your whole, um, your thesis, your paper and all of these things mm -hmm. for your major. You have to pick a topic. And my topic that I chose to do was domestic violence. Why women stay. Um, that topic was very personal to me um, because my mom was a victim. My mom and dad were married, um, but she was a victim um, to his violence. Um, Which means you I was well a victim and your yeah. of the violence. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I always wondered, like, what made her stay? Now, my dad... Again, which makes it kind of, I don't know if you consider it an oxymoron. Um, I tell people, my dad was a super cool dad. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was very loving. It's, it's not <laughs> uncommon. That's the hard part. Right. It's, 
And that's yeah. the confusing part, right? Because you yes. have this person that you go, I've seen them be fun and loving and yes. jovial and people love right. them, but boy, Protective. there's a switch. And then he can be this totally different and person. And very different and it's very scary. That I'm so very afraid of. That's so how, more common than not. Right. Yeah. So I, I do this paper and I have to interview people and I choose my mom to interview last. Mm-hmm. And just listening to her and her story um, when I was doing that paper. And I realized that we, in general, walk around with so much trauma all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, And it hides behind everything. Like it hides behind high blood pressure and depression and anxiety and and smiles and smiles and laughter and, and yes. strength i'll use in air quotes yes <laughs> yeah it hides behind a lot um and actually i used to cringe i actually still do when people say oh you're so strong oh gosh am yeah. i though you yeah. have no idea am i yeah. so it, because i think that that comes with when we have a perception mm-hmm. of people we tend to treat them according to how we perceive them, mm-hmm. whether it be good or bad. And so if I perceive that you're strength and you got it all together, then I treat you like you don't need the extra bit of attention mm-hmm. or the extra pause or the extra hand-holding to say, how are you really doing today? Right. People don't take the moment. And if I think that you're the opposite, then I tend to give you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know? Which ends up meaning that a lot of people who are considered strength, and specifically a lot mm-hmm. of black women, women of color, then that's manipulated. Correct. So it's taken advantage of, yeah. sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally, because people think, oh, she's so strong. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Octavia can I, handle it. Let me She'll give her one more it. thing. Let me give her one more thing. She's yes. amazing. You're going to love her. Love her. her. She she's really anything. great at that. She's yeah, Let's, yeah. Just call her up. Mm-hmm. She could. She'll. She'll be more than happy to help right, you. Right. Yeah. And then inside, mm-hmm. you know, there mm-hmm. may be a completely uh-huh. different narrative. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm fighting the air inside. Yeah. Like literally. Yeah. I'm like, I can't believe they asked yeah. me. Yeah. But I think mm-hmm. that's so important. A lot of times, and I will definitely say, especially recently, mm-hmm. so many black women are going. I am tired. Right. And I want to put it out there that that's not a, I didn't sleep well Mm-mm. last night. <laughs> I'm tired. Correct. Like, tired actually doesn't even, it, the word is not enough. I don't feel like it encompasses everything yeah. emotionally yeah. that it means to be tired. So when I say I want rest and I'm seeking rest, yeah. that is, I am beyond mm-hmm. tired. Like, I, I just, uh, I think of the amount of times throughout the day, or my life even, that I have censored myself mm-hmm. for the comfort of somebody else. Like, not being able to be a full self or a full you. Yeah, yeah. And, and just for somebody else's benefit, but I think that also that we are, uh, and I am biased, because I, I have all girls. Uh-huh. <laughs> And I'm extra careful about... Bless her heart, by the way. <laughs> Lord Jesus. I, no, four not of because them. of them. I love them. Right. Four girls. But girls yeah. are a lot. If you're a girl mom, is, you know I'm telling the it's truth. It's a lot. But you... Yeah. You do it like it's nothing. And so I try to... I try to... 
you know, give them a moment mm-hmm. to not be so strong. Mm-hmm. To just give a moment to just, you know, like one of our one of our things in our house um, for me mm-hmm. is when the girls are crying or something is wrong, and I say, "What's wrong?" They now they do it. Although I don't like it, but I will coach them into the right answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sociality degree. I know. She's um, using it still. So, um, I do, when they say nothing, um, mm. it's not an appropriate answer because That's it's not true. nothing. Right. So, either it is something that you do not want to talk about right now mm-hmm. or something that you don't want to talk about, period. Right. But don't say nothing because nothing also puts us in a place that we have to okay Mm -hmm. nothing is wrong and I'm gonna press on yeah that's not okay it invalidates correct what they're feeling but it's crazy because that's also a skill we have to have in order to survive it is and that's what makes it so Mm -hmm. exhausting right right correct moments that we literally go everything is wrong and I can't show it Right, so I'm pressing on. So I'm going to press on. Mm-hmm. But then it's hard because then you get stuck in doing that. Correct. And then when you need to, Correct. <sighs> mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's the moment in time that I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. That I've spent so many years pressing on that now I am having to purposely say I'm taking a pause. Mm-hmm. And then what does that mean when I take a pause? It means that I'm going to choose to do something that I would like to do. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, um, contrary to popular belief and all of the people that know me and even some of my family, um, I am an introvert. Mm-hmm. I can relate. And so I, if I had a choice between being at a social function and being solely by myself, I would choose to be by myself every time mm-hmm. because it's less exhausting. I think um, less disappointment comes. I'm not very trusting of people. Yeah. So I also feel like the energy that it takes to guard myself and to guard my heart mm-hmm. and to put on the mask of becoming the person that is most com- comfortable mm-hmm. For whomever I'm communicating with at the time mm-hmm. is so mentally and emotionally exhausting yeah. that I would just rather not. Yeah. Then you also think about there's always, and I will say always because I have not seen it not be true, mm-hmm. the stereotype around what the black girl is supposed to look like in public. So that's the mm-hmm. other part of the exhaustion is, yes, if you're out, you're expected and looked at to be a certain way, and often, if someone sees you quiet, then they're wondering, what's wrong? Right. Is she mad? Yes. Did I do something? Mm-hmm. And then you can't even just be. You can't even just you be. Have I to get go that like, a lot. No, let me go be what they want me to be to like, <laughs> right. make to, them So better. make them more comfortable yeah. so that they can yeah. not badger me as much. Mm-hmm. I get that a lot, that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I come across very abrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't play nice with others. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it a lot um, from my own family. Like I get it sometimes. Like even sometimes the girls, especially when they were middle school, high school, mm-hmm. they would get ready to introduce me to somebody. And they would go like, "Don't be mean." 
funny. And uh-huh. like, Even to the parents, that? like they would be like, "That's such and such, mom. Don't be mean." <laughs> You're like, I'm like, I'm just. It's I'm just, just me. Being me. It's yeah. just. Yeah. And so then I would. Hey, yeah. how you doing? And that's not. I want to just say hey mm-hmm. and just keep it moving. Yeah. Like all of that exertion of energy. Which gets me back to what you were saying is that's why it sounds like being home mm-hmm. is safer. I was telling someone, probably talking about this with clients, that there are lots of challenges to COVID and being home. But one of the benefits is it is allowing women and men of color who are home to breathe. To breathe. And to be protected. To breathe. It is not always safe being home. Let's say that. Right. But in large, it's safer right now. Right now. To be home Mm -hmm. as much as possible. Yes. Than it is to be out in mixed spaces, which Mm -hmm. is sad. It's very sad. To say. It's very sad. And I don't think that people in general, and when when I say people, I mean... Even us, as black women and men, um, because we press forward so much in so many different spaces Mm -hmm. that we even don't realize the amount of trauma Mm -hmm. that we experience and that we carry with us. Mm -hmm. That we are kind of like, oh, well, we... Mm -hmm. Like, even in that statement, right? Mm -hmm. That we are home because of covid who has affected or you know the virus has affected African Americans at a disproportionate Absolutely. rate. Yep, 60 to 70% of individuals <laughs> who have passed away. Correct. are and due to the underlying issues Correct. of yeah. diabetes and high blood pressure and heart and disease, heart disease mm-hmm. um all of these things that we know can be directly connected to stress factors. Correct. Absolutely. In your yeah. life. So <laughs> We're literally already born in disparity. And then you add any other systemic, racialized, socioeconomic, physical, genetic, mental, emotional, Mm -hmm. it is is a toll. It is a toll. Important for other people to know, but I agree. I don't know that we realize it. The stories like you've described, we can say them so easily. Mm-hmm. And there's so many. We could do this for a week, every day, every hour straight, and still bring up correct different pieces. Correct. Because there's such, like, even I think about, like, we're discussing, um, when we, even, even our stories, when we share our stories mm-hmm. um, with community, mm-hmm. it's very censored. Like, it's, it's very censored in how we share our stories, mm-hmm. right? Right. Like, I oftentimes think about what crosses somebody's mind when they think of a 14-year-old being pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't seem quite normal. Yeah. Um, so what happened that that happened to be the end result? But I don't think that... And so we, we just say, oh, I just happen to be... And speaking for myself, yeah. because that was what I said, you know, that's what we opened with. Um, and I just happen to be a mom at 14. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't even that, think most people will ask, so I wonder what happened. Correct. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. saying. Yeah. That's what I'm I saying. I just wanted to put it out there real quick. Yes. I think yes. most people automatically jump to a conclusion of yes. what they think 
happened. Yes. Their perception. Their perception. Mm -hmm. And and that's part of the struggle. And that's part of the struggle. Yeah. And so even in that, like the the weight of that Mm -hmm. and so no matter what group or dynamic we have been placed in as a family, Mm -hmm. um, we have oftentimes been the youngest Mm -hmm. of the group Mm -hmm. just because of the age of our children. Yeah. So, you know, (laughs) meet our kids and be like, how old is she? Right. How long have you been married? And we're like, really? 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 So then they treat you kind of like, oh, were you just this young person Mm -hmm. that really doesn't come with any life story or Mm skill set or any type of knowledge base because you're so young. So, how can you come with all this wisdom? Yeah. And so then the perception mm. is that's how they kind of yeah. pat on the head and, oh, you're cute, yes. you know, to, mm-hmm. you know, write this out for me. Correct. Or you're cute to bounce ideas off of, but not for the meat of something. Right, because they have a false perception that's based on not mm-hmm. knowing the actual person and their story. Correct. Which leads to something completely wrong in their part. I'll even take it a step further, assuming that this is something you experience, for a moment, even think about other black women Mm -hmm. who potentially assume certain perceptions about you because of where you are right now, and there can be this odd, you know, these Mm -hmm. at odds of, well, you don't know what I'm going through and where I've been, (laughs) because there's a perception that you somehow... Have not had those experiences. Right, that I have come through life unshaved. Correct. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So I just, I want to put that out yes. there because it's important yes. to know it comes from everywhere. 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 And it's hard to find a place of comfort. Mm-hmm. So when it's coming from everywhere, mm-hmm. then it's hard to find a place that you can be your whole self. Mm-hmm. Um, with a group of women or with your family or within, like it just, it, it it is just exhausting. Yeah. It and is just rare. exhausting and very rare. Because then you you're kinda like, Oh, okay, well, I think I found a person or two people or three people and I can be my whole self and then you start to kinda let down mm-hmm. the barriers mm-hmm. and then you kinda get the looks and the kinda I can't believe you said that and I can't is that how you really feel about that? Yeah. Is that how is that the how you really think about that issue and or the opposite of the, oh, I feel so bad for you. Mm-hmm. I feel so sorry that right. you had to go through all of that. Like, yeah. I didn't come here for your sympathy. Correct. I just, yeah. I don't want it. Yeah. So then the walls go back up right. and I say, okay, mm-hmm. so. So for you, not talking for everybody, mm-hmm. what do you think is helpful? So you don't want the, oh, I feel bad for you and sorry for mm-hmm. you. I don't believe there are many black women, women of color, that that is what they want. Mm-hmm. It's hurtful and frustrating to think, though, that it doesn't exist and not really know the fullness of that person. What's the middle ground for you, and in your opinion? Mm-hmm. What holds, you know, like, what holds yeah. space for you without being like, oh, this is too much? If you even know. <laughs> I was like, that's a tough question. I think, um, for me, oftentimes, I know for people that, are I would say people that are in my circle because mm-hmm. I don't oftentimes share intimate and very personal stories with people that are not in my circle. Right. So I expect for people to just take a pause 
to just pause mm-hmm. and to let that moment be. Mm-hmm. Not to rush in with a, oh, I'm so sorry, or to rush in with the, you know, what do you need, what do you need, you know, kind of deal. I just think a pause and then kind of an acknowledgement that something happened mm-hmm. that possibly changed the trajectory of your life. Mm-hmm. And so let's take a moment to be there with that yes. and then to see and and to so that the person then has a better understanding about where you're operating at in the present. Right. And not be so prejudgmental, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um because I feel like when you when you take so that's kind of like my pet peeve also. Yeah. <laughs> like if you know you say to somebody, you know, "Oh, well, my stomach is hurting or you know, oh, I have a headache and and they just kind of go, oh, okay. Well, did you hear about the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Which really so is we're... a pause. It's like, okay, now let's get back to me. And you're like, okay. Okay, Thanks. so thank you for not validating. Mm-hmm. I guess that's that's a better yeah. word. Um, for not validating my emotions or my experience and and also telling me that I need to press on. Yeah. Or then making you feel, I would imagine, that your worth in the, like, the relationship is only about what you can do. Correct. So, you know, when you're in a good enough place Mm -hmm. to be there for me, we are good. Yeah. But I don't really know what to do, nor am I interested in this whole, like, I need to be there for you. For you? And and give you something? No. I don't think I signed up for that. And it makes me think about the people in your life that give you energy and help you find rest mm-hmm. versus the people who take it. Yes. And suck it up. And suck it, little life leeches. <laughs> <laughs> Energy suckers. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And I think as women, as a whole, mm-hmm. we can keep around too many life leeches because yes. we think that's what a good woman does mm-hmm. or I don't want to be mean Mm-hmm. Um, or they need me. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be convoluted. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was just having this conversation with my husband not long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually hounding me. So he has a um, very cool relationship with members of his family, mm-hmm. um, even extended, like cousins and uh, super. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and so we were. Um, having a discussion and he was kind of hounding me about my lack of communication with certain people Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. And I was saying to him, um, so this is how I operate. I was like, you don't know this about me by now, (laughs) like 20 some years and you don't know. Um, so this is how I operate. I operate with people that I know are going to take the most energy from me. Mm -hmm. I feel like they get me at my best when I'm full. Mm -hmm. Therefore, for my benefit and theirs, mainly mine, when my energy is low, when my emotional tank is Mm -hmm. low, I have no problem with not answering the phone. Correct. I have no problem with not responding to people. Mm Because I know a simple phone call of, hey, did you see such and such, could literally turn into a, can you go and do such and such? I call them trauma traps. Just, 
yeah. a whole cyclone of events. Mm-hmm. Like what in the and then you're like already depleted yeah. and now you're in the midst of somebody else's turmoil mm-hmm. and you're kind of going like how in the world did I get here and how do I get out of this? Mm-hmm. I have been there, done that mm-hmm. and trying to be selfish with my wellness. Yes. So I am like Mm-mm, yeah. nope. And he will sometimes like come and such and such been trying to call you? Well. Okay. If you guys have ever heard me say be selfish <laughs> with your wellness, this is the creator. This is where at least I got the term mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I would get caught in that very quickly. Yes. Of my own resource was low. Just answering something quick and then feeling, whoa. Way something. That was right. a landslide. So mm-hmm. it is not selfish to guard your energy it is necessary it right. is it is survival it is survival you know it is to survival do frequently mm-hmm. frequently yes. multiple times per day multiple times so before we wrap up what are your favorite ways to acquire and work on finding rest what do you do what do you enjoy doing <laughs> Enjoy She's sleep. super creative. Well, sleep I is her favorite. Sleep. Yeah. sleep is my favorite thing because <laughs> I don't get enough of it. Um, but not necessarily. You, you don't necessarily rest when you sleep Correct. either because Fitbit has no, been telling me I only get about four hours of sleep. Well, let's be real. You can sleep like, a lot but not be rested. Correct. Um, so here lately, what I've tried to do within the last month mm-hmm. is I have worked on some meditation and yoga. Um. And then self-affirmation. I find it very difficult for me. And I have for as long as I can remember. Um, I don't take compliments well. Mm-hmm. But also that comes with some skewed kind of dysfunction early on in childhood. Mm-hmm. So I am not very comfortable when people are like, oh, you look nice. Or your hair looks nice. Or it looks good on you. Like I get, oh, yeah, like, okay, thank, oh, you, thank you. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so... My way is, even in yoga, like when I am finishing up, you know, the last three minutes, three to five minutes, Mm -hmm. then my affirmations are very much Mm (laughs) self-absorbed. It's funny, though, because I can even feel you shift, like, energetically when you say it. Like, you're almost like... I yes. say nice things to myself at the end. Yes. <laughs> at the end. At the end of it all. Just for three minutes. Just for three minutes. No, yeah. I just give it to myself. Yeah. yeah. So because I just, I am, I think we're such givers though. Mm-hmm. Women are just nurturers. Mm-hmm. And so we give of ourselves. So it's very easy for me to walk around the house and pray and meditate and speak life into others. Mm-hmm. You know, speak life into my children. I have three grandchildren. <laughs> So speak life into my grandchildren in their school year and that they would, you know, mm-hmm. be prosperous and that they would learn and grow. And and then when I try to turn that inward, it feels foreign. Yeah. So for the last month, that's what I've been doing. Just kind of. Those are good things. Yeah. Because it's different for everybody. And what I will say, too, is I think it's such a huge misconception that people who appear confident think highly of themselves yeah you know so i you know i wanted to note that like you are a person mm-hmm. who people would see navigate life and think oh she can do everything and she's yes. so confident but that's a very different space than very what different. we say to ourselves we can yeah. be very confident about what we do for other people yes 
and not as confident about <laughs> what we think yeah. about ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to end with something that I posted on Instagram because I just think it fits. It says, you are not lazy, unmotivated, or stuck. After years of living your life in survival mode, you are exhausted. There is a difference. And it says, we have been historically and systemically made to believe our worth is tied to our productivity and our ability to be useful. Life has forced an incessant and unsustainable pace of productivity necessary to survive or gain any semblance of human respect. Even those we would accuse of being lazy have deeper stories. Laziness is a privilege that many of us don't truly experience. It is a manipulative social construct that's used to keep ourselves in line, often at our own expense. But at closer look, what is perceived as laziness or even procrastination is often unresolved trauma, overwhelm, fear of failure, exhaustion, or a combination of them all. The felt sense of laziness can root deeply into the core of our bones, creating guilt and shame instead of encouraging us to take a closer look. So my encouragement to those of you that are listening today, if you are in a place where you are feeling exhausted and tired and spent, instead of having a negative inner dialogue that would make you beat yourself up, is to really ask yourself, what is my mind and my body trying to tell me? And can I have the courage to listen? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much Thank you. for this time. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. <laughs>